This Geeks with Kids episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash geekswithkids. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Drive when they were out looking for R2. How yeah, far did that true. Like... say you were, Marty? Uh, <laughs> almost done now. <laughs> Why you got an SCPO drive a car? You've had Three too people. much. You've had too much blue milk, Luke. You better let me drive. <laughs> I'll tell you when I had enough. Does that stuff come from Banthas, by the way? That blue milk is that like Banthas? Apparently. Could you imagine being the poor bastard who had to milk that thing? Oh, many, many. That's how the Tuscan Raiders support themselves. They're the only ones brave enough to go down there. Like, hey, you gotta go milk the Banta. Yes, yeah, screw you, I do. <laughs> many Tuscan Raiders died to bring you that blue milk, boy. <laughs> it's just like Dune. They, like, emerge from it. And they're like, milk Adib. <laughs> he who controls the milk controls the universe. <laughs> the blue milk must flow. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh. Well, just to annoy Eric, what up everyone? <laughs> this is Geeks with Kids, your number one possibly podcast for all things parenty and geeky. Um probably more geeky, but Occasionally parenty. I am Spears, comics, magic cards, and theater. And to my virtual left is... Who's it going to be? Aaron? Okay, that'll be me. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm Aaron, and I'm classic video games, uh, movies, uh, horror movies, and uh, podcasts. Yeah. That's me. We also have Mark. Um, Mark here, Star Wars... Dungeons and Dragons and video games and a little bit of Magic the Gathering sometimes. Cool. And also join... <laughs> Smooth as silk. <laughs> we also have Marty. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Marty here. Uh, drama geek, movie buff, and sports geek. Cool. Right on. How's everyone doing? That's a question. That's debatable. I think we're all debatable tonight. <laughs> <laughs> doing good doing well doing all right yeah filed my taxes well sarah filed our taxes so go sarah love you so much she's not listening <laughs> but anyway uh no we're doing uh we're doing great um yeah i guess that's all i got i'll let it that out later <laughs> i'll fix it in post Fantastic. How are cool. you, Matt? Yeah. It's, it's I, uh, been a while. How you doing, Spears? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a complicated question. Um, work is still, like, ramped up to 11. Um, my kids, uh, Clark and Kara, are uh, five and three and a half, and that's turning out to be a pretty stellar combo. Oh, yeah? Um, <laughs> I detect a little bit of sarcasm. <laughs> What's sarcasm? Um, <laughs> and no, I mean it's it's cool. Like the five seems to be an age that's all about exploring and pushing boundaries, and three and a half seems to be an age all about copying her bigger brother. Fun. So you know that's been a hoot. Nice. That's good to hear because um, we're gonna be pushing that pretty soon, and it's already happening, which is so cute and adorable. Because uh, everything that uh, Mercury does, figs just howls and loves back so yeah oh so good to hear that more more to come like that so yeah yay maybe i'm telling it wrong <laughs> <laughs> like i am optimistic for the future <laughs> i am very optimistic for the future cool uh mark what's going on with you and your uh passel of critters uh well it's only one uh one exterior critter. The other one is less than a month away now. Baby room finished painting this morning, so that means I actually get evenings off now. Um, yeah. Life's been life for the last month or so. It's been crazy, but good. So, Mark, you but could crazy. potentially get pulled away, like, during a podcast. 
to like have to go and like go to a go to a facility or some birthing place is what you're saying. Ards are bad. Be- well, I mean, it is remotely possible that it could happen, but it's going to be a plan C section. So okay, probably right. not. Right. So right. if you happen to drop out, the listeners can assume that something dramatic and interesting is occurring. Right. <laughs> they can, and probably just my computer. <laughs> they can assume whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, so now our mission is to make sure that any time we record a new podcast is that Mark has to be there. <laughs> For the drama. For the drama. Right on. Speaking of drama, Marty, how are? Uh, what is your kid's situation like these days? Uh, well, uh, he just went, he just turned about 15 months. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he is chattering constantly, very few real words, but he is chattering and making noise constantly, which is all adorable. And, uh, yeah, we're getting into a pretty good routine. We still have some hiccups with sleeping through the night, but for the most part, he's uh, doing pretty good. Awesome. Well, totally ham-fisted, king of the segways. Um, uh, I know, like, I know for me, having kids, it's really, really challenging to read, watch, or play any of the things that define us as nerdy in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the, like, ten extra seconds in your life that you have, are you reading, watching, or playing anything, um, that falls onto the nerdly spectrum? Uh, I'll jump in, go first. I have been, uh watching, re-watching old um, Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm in about uh, partway into season three, and uh, I haven't watched really any of it since it originally aired, so um, for me, this has been quite fun. So are you at, like, the um, point where Tashi has already been uh, killed off? Okay. Yep. Oh, dude, season one. Yeah. Was that season one? I thought that was, like, wow. Yeah, it's pretty much season one. Was that, like, the last episode? Low-color uniform, man. That's a dead giveaway. Yeah. (laughs) But you're not up to... Oh, yeah. Get it? Get it? Dead giveaway. (laughs) (laughs) That's because... That's right. And Riker had no beard at that point. Okay, so, yeah. So, that's season one. But, um, but uh... Okay, but you're coming up to Mr. Worf. We're into season three. Mr. Worf. Fire. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Nice. Okay. Is um yesterday's Enterprise in season three? Uh, I'm on episode seven. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Okay. So I'd have to look it up. Nice. Let uh, us, yeah. Let on us the know. subject of dead Tashi Yars, I think that um Star Trek dot com ran a poll for the best time travel episode, like across mm. any of the franchises, and I think that won. Yeah, where she comes, really? where her daughter comes back, or no, where she comes back, and yeah, they do the whole switcheroo uh, the, that, with her daughter. That was the one, yeah, that was the one where yeah. the Enterprise B comes forward mm-hmm. and creates an alternate timeline where Tasha didn't die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it kind of creates a dilemma where, like, well, if we reset the timeline and I'm dead anyway, like, maybe I should go back in time with the doomed starship? Right. Yeah, Yesterday's Enterprise is indeed season three. Uh, but I'm about, I don't know, 10 episodes away from getting there. Uh, I rewatched it recently, and it, it is solid gold. I, I like it, too, because it is, yeah, because you very rarely see somebody from an alternate future go back. Um, it's usually whoever the uh, the focus character is that comes into the future or disrupts the timeline is the one that goes and always has to like go into the past or f- like has to right the ship so to speak, but to see somebody from the alternate timeline come out of it, that's pretty unique. Take Tashiar, send her back, and it creates a whole whole new ball of uh, ball of wax, can of worms, to add a new element to the uh, series later on. Spoilers, mm-hmm. it's awesome. <laughs> no, I, well, I have seen it I don't all think you need to call but... spoilers on, like, a 20-year-old show. <laughs> uh, 27-year-old episode. Uh, a 20-year-old show! <laughs> <laughs> uh, time stops when I say it stops. <laughs> yeah. Bartender looks up and says, We don't serve those people who mess with this space-time continuum. <laughs> and the time traveler walks into a bar. Wah, wah, wah. You know, I always thought one of the best ideas, I think, for a uh, like a Marvel Universe TV show on the subject of time travel is way back when they had a um they had this like parody police force called the Temporal Variance Agency 
And whenever characters would muck up the timeline, the TVA would show up and just, like, point guns at them until they stopped. I think that would be an awesome TV show. And then they uh, and then they called it Time Cop with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. That was an amazing movie. <laughs> so says 12-year-old Spears. <laughs> All right, I'll stop jumping in. Jump in productively. Aaron, what are you reading, watching, <sighs> or playing? Um, Skyrim. I... Uh, have been slogging through the PlayStation 4 version of it for well, since Christmas-ish, maybe, yeah. Probably since around, like, Christmas time. And um, I'm not stopping yet, even though there's hints that uh, Bethesda's bringing some big guns to E3 this year, which I'm very excited to see, that if they actually can improve upon Fallout, finally because Fallout 4 was good. It was fun, but hmm, could use a uh, could use a new coat of paint pretty much. More than a new coat of paint. And uh I'm kind of intrigued to see where they're going to go with um Elder Scrolls uh, 6. And there's two other two other potential properties that will be coming uh with it that have yet to be released yet. So int- huh. intrigued. Cautiously optimistic that it could be something fun. Cautious you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a if it was an Elder Scrolls thing. I wouldn't be surprised. They're um, I know they've made ESO um, Elder Scrolls Online free. Mm. Uh, I think I can't remember if it was this month or next month or whatever, or if they're just throwing three months at people. Right. Um, and they're releasing like a uh, like a tablet or mobile game uh, called Legends, which is like a card game. Hmm. Um, Facebook keeps advertising it at me, so it seems like Bethesda is pushing the Elder Scrolls stuff. Yeah, so maybe they got something big big coming. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it'll be bigger than the mobile game. I I kind of hope they expound on their, or expand on their Elder Scrolls Online and kind of make mm. a regular Elder Scrolls game where you can go all over the place. Because as much as it's nice to focus on one province at a time or whatever, mm-hmm. it's kind of a larger, an even bigger world would be fun, I think. Have you tried the? Have you been trying out the online version, Mark? Or no, I haven't played it because it's still eighty bucks, and to buy the actual game, it's still eighty bucks at Walmart, and it was the same price at Toys R Us today when I saw it. Right. And I've just kind of passed it with MMOs. Like World of Warcraft was fantastic for a while, but it killed it for me. Um. So what are you playing these days, Mark? Or watching? Or reading? I, ironically enough, actually, I just started watching season two of Lost Kingdom on or Last Kingdom. I can't remember what it's called on Netflix. It's like this fiction, histor- historical fiction of England in like the late 800s. It's pretty good. It's the second season of it. It's really good. And I'm currently playing The Witcher Three. Hey. Oh. Which is unbelievable. It makes Skyrim seem kind of boring. Well, it's. Just like every character has a personality. Like, you talk to some random character with a question mark over their head who's giving you a quest, and they, like, a personality comes through while they're giving you the quest. Not like in Skyrim, where, you know, half the time it's a different skin, but the exact same character giving you the quest. Yeah. (laughs) It's the same. I think they had like for Skyrim, they had like maybe like three or four uh, voice actors <laughs> that they just yeah tapped yeah. And there's a ton of different people in The Witcher, and it's really like it's a really in-depth universe and so forth. So it's it's fantastic. I'd never played Witcher One or Witcher Two, but Witcher Three is incredible. Definitely worth the whatever it costs to get the Game of the Year version or whatever it is. I have with all the DLC and stuff. And as to reading, I'm actually reading Last Wish, which is the first of the books that inspired the Witcher video games. So it's kind of an interesting tie-in for me there, which is also really good, although it it stumbles a little place in little spots because it's translated from Polish. And I think the original writer knew exactly where he was going, but whether or not there's certain phrases and so forth that don't translate that well from Polish, there's little spots where the writing seems different. Right. Like, this, stylistically, it's different. But all in all, it's a really well-written book as well. Right on. I have come up to pretty much a dead halt on anything I was reading, watching, or playing. I'll put in a couple minutes on um, on Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, 
when I can. But it's going nowhere fast. Like, I have to, like, reteach myself how to play every time I do. Um, but I am reading this one pretty cool book, um, Luke Skywalker Can't Read by Ryan Britt. What? <laughs> do tell. Well, it's a series, it's like, he's an essayist, and it's a it's a collection of essays about sort of his analysis of different nerdy um, phenomenon and properties and stuff. And, like, the title one... You know, it it poses the question like in the in any Star Wars film, have you ever seen a character read? Good point. Like anything, have you seen a book on a shelf? No. You know, like more than just looking at a readout for like coordinates or technical schematics or whatever. Yeah, no, no. Um, and, and he kind of he builds on that premise, being like, well, this is clearly how the Empire was able to take over so easily because if you have an illiterate populace. Then they don't know their own history. They don't have any culture except the culture that you tell them. So it was pretty easy for Palpatine to like steamroll in and be like, "We're the Empire. We've always been the Empire. Don't think about it." He was like, "Here's Alien Charlie Sheen. Watch him." <laughs> and like all the essays are kind of like that. Like they're these sort of like sideways kind of examinations of the nerdy things. There's a great one about paradox in Back to the Future. Um, both as um like within the story. And also outside it, like how all the paradoxes in Back to the Future affect the structure of the movies and the writing of the movies. Right. So much so that it kind of threatens the real time-space continuum. The one I'm reading now is like, I just, I finished it yesterday. It was a really great kind of comparison between two sci-fi shows that were running concurrently when this writer was going through like a really kind of hard time. Like, he lost his job, he'd come off a relationship, he was really depressed. So on the one hand, he's watching season four of Battlestar Galactica, which is the one that starts with them finding, like, they reach Earth and it's a burnt-out cinder. And they spend the first half of that season, everybody just drinking themselves stupid and being depressed about how terrible everything is. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like the 13 Reasons Why for nerds. Oh, don't get me started. And then, on the other hand, at the same time... <laughs> At the same time, that's the year that David Tennant starts his run on Doctor Who. Mm. And that character is so positive, and he breaks down all of the different metaphorical ways that the Doctor was the, like, the cure, basically the cure for depression. Um, at least for him, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I've watched Doctor Who on and off, um, since, since I was like five or six, and I've never really thought about it in that way. So that's what I'm reading. And especially David Tennant's turn as Doctor Who, too. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, just so, like, relentlessly upbeat. Mm -hmm. You know, which is funny, because the dude before him was kind of, was, uh, you know, sort of a sarcastic, not like a downer, but, like, he definitely had, like, a bleaker view of things. Yeah. I'll have to bug Eric about it sometime. Like, I'm not the biggest Whovian in the world anymore. I don't know. Are any of y'all watching? Yep. I have not seen Doctor and a Doctor Who episode in eons. I used to watch it when I was a little kid, but I haven't watched it since I was about six. Hmm. That's how far back I am, Doctor Who wise. Yeah, I've been I've been keeping up. I've been keeping up. Um, I think I've started last week's episode, not last night's episode. I'm about a week week and a half behind, but yeah, it's still good. Peter Capaldi. This is going to be his last season, but I've been enjoying him. The show, the writing's not quite what it was a couple of seasons ago, but it's uh, it's still entertaining. Hmm. Oh, that's a bummer. The last episode I watched was Capaldi's first episode. Okay. And, I don't know, there was a lot of stuff, like, I hadn't been watching consistently up until then, so I was kind of confused mm. about, yeah. like, who's this reptile lady and her, like, Victorian, like, lesbian mm -hmm. mate. Yes, they were, yeah, they were from a couple of seasons ago. Mm. And yeah. they were making but, uh, a return. Other than stuff like that, though, I thought it, like I thought it was a really like a really strong start. Yep, started well, and like just last season, just overall was it had hits and misses, and wasn't very consistent. But uh, so far this season, it's a very unique. Uh, can't be very unique. It's either unique or not unique. Uh, it has a unique um, <laughs> uh, companion, new companion for this season, and uh, she's interesting. A lesbian who goes by the name of Bill. Nice. I'm trying to find a way to segue this into Tabletop Day, and I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, I was, I was like, hmm, lesbian named Bill to, whoa, where do we go? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just live in that moment. <laughs> you know, that, that's funny. Like, I've, I started watching Doctor Who because my cousin Jeff introduced me to it, and 
like within the same span of two weeks, he introduced me to Doctor Who, Star Wars, Jaws, and uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, when I was like, I think I was seven or eight. Wow. <laughs> That's like genre overload right there. Yeah. I, I don't think it had any long-term effects. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> No, but I remember, like, he used to have, like, the board games for just about all of these things. Like, Battlestar Galactica had this, like, chess-like, almost like a Risk, like a Risk meets chess kind of board game that he had. But I don't remember Doctor Who ever having a board game. Hmm. Well, I'm sure there's something out there, but I don't remember it, no. Yeah, not that I can think of. Yeah, There was, a like, a video game a little while ago, wasn't there? Hmm. I don't... Was there was it a, maybe a Telltale game I or think something? It was very adventurous. I don't. I can't remember if it was Telltale that did it, but I think I feel it was a very adventure focused um, style of play. And again, uh-huh. if Eric was here, he would be like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> <laughs> huh. It looks like the most the most recent one I see is a 2008 game. Yeah, it would have been Top Trumps Doctor Who. Yeah, would have been. So that seems like a stupid like a card mobile thing. But it would have been back around then. Like it's like it feels like it's been a while like that long anyway i don't know if there was ever a doctor who tabletop game i remember trying to find the like the pen and paper role-playing game and basically getting laughed out of my local hobby store (laughs) why would you want to play a doctor who role-playing game only one person can be the doctor well i think the I, i have no idea i never got my hands on the book so i don't know how it would be you know, I don't know if it would be, like, multiple Time Lords, or if everyone is a companion, or what. Weird. I pity the poor schmuck who has to play canine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, could it possibly be that maybe, like, the DM would be the doctor? And kind of, like, you have to follow him around on the adventure kind of thing? I guess that would get pretty old pretty quickly, though. Well, it, it yeah, kind of... you automatically know he's having way more fun than you. <laughs> <laughs> DMs aren't supposed to have fun. It's like the Entourage role-playing game, where the DM gets to be the like the star. Someone <laughs> useless schmuck who follows them around. I'll pass. Roll a, a bunch of turtles. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And one guy who gets to show up every like month or two is Jeremy Pivot, and that's it. Like, <laughs> I'll pass. Uh, Everyone's got one of those in their gaming group, though. Like, the dude who shows up once every four sessions is a rock star and then vanishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no luck trying to find the Doctor Who role-playing game, but uh, any luck finding any other ones or coming across any other good tabletop games or anything? Well, I mean, more recently I came across the Firefly tabletop game, <laughs> which is a- it's incredible. Like, it's a really incredible kind of like simulation of the show um like it's got all the flavor the pieces are really good and like basically um all the players you know assume the role of a of a captain of a ship and every round you can either fly the ship somewhere um start a job uh or try to like deal or bargain with the various shady characters throughout the setting and like I was just trying to I was trying to figure out how to play it because I'm still pitching it to like I mean Mark knows every time I see someone I'm like hey we should play the Firefly game he will not shut up about it <laughs> Firefly would make a really good role playing game I don't know about a board game Well see the board game's just like it's a hair shy you know what I mean it's kind of like Hero Quest in that way Well it's a big hair just to be honest it's a really big hair between Hero Quest and an actual RPG <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, but, like, Hero Quest really, like, tightly simulates one aspect of the RPG. It's just the dungeon crawl, right? And the Firefly yeah. game does, you know, it does something kind of similar, where it simulates only the part where you're a captain flying the boat. And, you know, it's a little bit more versatile than that. There, It comes with a bunch of different variants where your objectives change. Um, Like, in the, the standard game, it's sort of a race to gets to become solid with all of the different contacts. And you do that by basically just completing jobs, so it's a race to complete jobs. But there's other variants where you have to, like, finish a particular job at a particular place. 
You know, it's a little bit more like an episode of the show. Like, there's one where you have to basically do the um, the hospital raid on Ariel. So you oh, have right. to line up, like... You have to, like, tool around to all the different planets in the, the system trying to line up the right combination of crew and equipment to pull off this really difficult job. And whoever does it first wins the, like, wins the whole game. Right, right, right. Hmm. Sounds like fun. It's funny you ask about a Doctor Who uh, board game. There's actually one literally coming out next month. No way. It's It's called Doctor Who Time of the Daleks. And each person who plays, up to six players, plays a different Doctor. Oh, that's cool. Uh, travel in time and space, meet companions, and have adventures. In Doctor Who Time of the Daleks, you do just that, with every player picking a Doctor and trying to thwart the Daleks' master plan of erasing the Doctor from history. Do you have what it takes to fill a Time Lord's shoes? Join us (laughs) on an adventure in time and space with a game that is bigger on the inside. (laughs) If Doctor Who Time of the Daleks would like to sponsor a podcast, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to go there. Oh man, I would. That sounds like a fantastic game. I would uh, if they want to throw us a copy, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll play test it, and we'll do a we'll do a YouTube video of us, man, <laughs> of us sitting ah, up. Too, too slow. The, it, uh, this weekend past was International Tabletop Day. Mm. Oh, was it this? Yeah, it was uh, actually. Oh, uh, my. Actually, both of my LCSs, the one in Guelph and the one in Georgetown, both did events, but I'm a busy human being and couldn't get out to either. Mm-hmm. Did anybody make it out? Or? Doesn't sound like it. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. I followed a little bit of it on a Geek and Sundry, um, but no, I didn't actually get to go out and do anything. But, you know, funnily enough, while I was, like, mm. while I was trying to figure out the Firefly game, like... Clark kind of came downstairs and was like, oh, what are you doing? Because, like, to his little eyes, like, there's spaceships. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, like, the, the ins and outs of wheeling and dealing with, like, with Badger and Niska. And he's like, this one's shooting at this one! We're flying around! Let me roll the dice! <laughs> and I'm like, man, whatever game you're playing is probably what this game should be. <laughs> you get him the uh, Star Wars um, ship to ship combat one uh, with the little uh, ship model. <laughs> no, oh, don't. dude, don't. That is going down a rabbit hole you will never get out of. <laughs> never start a miniatures game. Why is that? Have, have you ever looked at the like Warhammer section in a hobby shop before? Yeah, but it's Star Wars. You you know how much it's going to cost you? Yeah, but it's Star Wars. You don't understand. Okay, I'm going to Amazon right now while we're talking. How much is it? (laughs) fucking miniatures game. Let's see, how much is that puppy worth? It always reminds me of that comic that does around on Facebook every so often. It's like a dad and his kid is like, hey, a Star Wars minis game. We should do that. And the wife is like, don't, okay, but don't spend too much. Says, I'll just buy the corset. And the last panel is just like the room filled with miniatures. <laughs> and so, so one Millennium Falcon is $53. Well worth it. One, one chip, well worth it. Actually, you know what? I just discovered this is by Fantasy Flight, and they usually do really good, good work. So that's not too bad. But, like, that's one ship. You need to have, like, a fleet so you're looking at just to play against Matt, say, we're each gonna have to spend like two or three hundred dollars. So a lot of money. And then it's gonna get worse because you're gonna be like, oh, maybe I need a Star Destroyer. And who knows what a Star Destroyer costs. And it's a rabbit hole. Reason for requesting a second mortgage. <laughs> Star Wars minis. Uh code T sixty. So how is this any different from you guys dumping all the money into magic? I don't dump nearly that much money into magic. No? No, you haven't dumped No, it, what I do hundred? is I trade cards I don't want to get the ones I do. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's my cunning plan. Although you get I substantially more little pieces of cardboard for 60 bucks than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't lie, though. These miniatures look really good. 
Mm. I'm now looking at the Slave One one, and it was it's really well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you may have outsmarted yourself here. It's only thirty five dollars. No, I won't. Yeah, okay, you you've met my wife. I cannot survive by starting a different hobby. Next week on Geeks with Kids, Mark. So how's it going? I've bought them all. I've got a baby coming. I don't know what I'm doing. What's what was it that one Demorian said? We did not survive this. That's that's basically what would happen if I started this. <laughs> oh, no, man. no, it looks amazing, but it would just be a bad idea. It would just yeah. be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got a bad feeling about doing this? Oh, uh, I see what you did. You were sitting on that one, weren't you, Marty? Waiting <laughs> for my spot. Waiting for my spot. <laughs> I actually, when I was in high school, I had a friend whose older brother um, played Warhammer, and his his little little army, his army was like it was like a five thousand dollar army. Wow. And I'm sorry, but that's too much to spend on a hobby. Especially when you have small people around who can break things. Oh yeah, like the pewter, like the little pewter figurines that you've painted with lead-based paint. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I may or may not have some of those miniature figurines. No comment. <laughs> You're in recovery. Um, no, I'm in no space to paint them anymore. That's basically how it works. My occupation has taken over my hobbies, unfortunately. That's all right. Hey, I, I have found a nerdy event that is within our budgets. What's that? Oh. Free comic book day. Hey, hey. <laughs> has, it, has anybody here done the free comic book day thing before? No, looking into doing, it, looking into doing it for the first time this year. So any, any advice and, like, what do you do? Can you just, like, walk in and grab any book off the shelf and say, I want this one? No. Okay. How does this How work? it works, they... they um, each publishing house creates certain books that they're willing to give away. And they're usually like, a lot of them are sort of like half a story. So it's like a taster. But, um, that's, that's how I got my little one into comic books. She got, I think her first one ever, we got it free comic book day at my LCS in Georgetown. And she picked up a Scooby-Doo. Oh, I think it was Scooby-Doo and the Justice League. So, I got her into oh, sweet. both Scooby-Doo and superheroes at the same time. Nice. And I haven't bought a book for me in years because that's one of the geek hobbies I swore to give up. And But now we get the odd comic book for her, and it can be anything. My Little Pony or um, Wonder Woman or she really likes the DC superhero girls. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. You can walk in and check out – they're basically sampler books. Right, Spears? Like that, is that what you call it? Like a sampler book, kind of? Yeah. Well, different publishers have different approaches to it. Um, Marvel and DC usually use it as like the lead-in for that summer's big comic book event. Um, like yeah, they're, it's kind of um, like a trailer. So, sort of. Comic book trailer. That's how yeah. I see them. Yeah. yeah. And they're invariably like republished in the, what do you call it? In the like trade paperbacks of the collections. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of them are just like kind of bringing non-readers up to speed on what's been happening, but some years it's like, it's a legit like lead in like the, yeah. um, the yeah. one for the one for Marvel's, uh, this is going back a couple of years now, but the one for secret wars was like, if you hadn't been reading like all of fantastic four, it was pretty like indispensable, like almost to the point where the beginning of the story doesn't really make sense without it. So sometimes, like, so you get the odd book that is really important if you're reading the story ongoing. Um, But a lot of, like, the smaller publishers, like, and I mean, it's all relative because some of these small publishers are pretty big. But, like, um, like, Viz, Viz Media that publishes, like, it's a huge manga publisher. They're doing one this year just to, that's, like, the first chapter of Dragon Ball Super. Um, Udon's doing like a Street Fighter Five lead-in. Um, there's lots of stuff from like like Disney. I'm seeing 2000 AD is doing one. Big Judge Dredd on the cover. So oh, then there'll be an awesome Guardians of the Galaxy book if nothing else. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's one of them. My targets is Guardians of the Galaxy, 
and probably one or two little things from Mara when we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited for that movie. I'm trying to get her to pick out something different that she hasn't tried before. That's usually right up there for me, for her. Yes, I'm excited for that movie too. Yeah. When I took Clark to Free Comic Book Day, like we didn't go last year, but we went the year before. So I just kind of I plopped him in a wagon and we just sort of we walked to the the comic store and we ended up like loading that wagon up with free books and like discounted back issues of old Disney stuff. Nice. And like he was like he was knee deep reading like Uncle Scrooge and like old Mickey Mouse stuff and that was his portal in, I think. Nice. Uh but I would say if you're going with uh, going with like little little ones, yeah. um <laughs> sidewalk sales are best weather permitting, like, going into a comic book store with, like, little fingers that want to touch everything, like, that can be stressful. (laughs) (laughs) Especially given some of the comic book store owners. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me, excuse me, your little person is touching that very valuable collectible? (laughs) You're going to buy it now. Like fun I am. (laughs) (laughs) You are banned, sir. That's Worst customer ever. Let's just go to the next store. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how comic store guy reasoning goes. No, nope. no, it's not at all. No, no. Yeah, but sidewalk sales are good. Um, the the wagon was really good. Right, right, right. Um, you know, little feet get tired really quickly, so having a place to sit that they can get into and out of without assistance is was really useful. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, we we went like in pseudo costume even. Oh really? Like uh, yeah, he went in. Um, he was wearing a little like a Superman shirt with like a little like like a, a cape sort of printed on the back. Nice. Um, and I wore the uh, the Spider Man T shirt from uh, from your wedding. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I tried to find you a DC superhero to go with everybody else, but I figured Spider Man <laughs> would fit because Spears is more Marvel than DC. No, it worked, man. <laughs> Mark, do you have any other like any other advice? Not really. I, most of my the local stores for me, as I'm no longer in the same city area as you, are they're pretty mellow. So I don't know. I like the costume idea. I think I might put my little one in her Pikachu costume, take her <laughs> in that. But just like go have a good time. There's usually some pretty cool people there. Um. And yeah, use it as a good opportunity to maybe check out something you've never read before. Because who knows? It could be a great lead into a new book that you love. Yeah, which yeah. Is always awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm gonna definitely look into that uh, this year. Marty, what about uh, what about you? Are you gonna look into? Uh, it? I think it'll be another year at least before we start to that. He's a bit too young. Yeah, right now. He'll probably, like, eat them more than he would read them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I do have more advice. Go and spend a little bit of money. Don't just walk in and get the free books because most of these guys are small local businesses that they're usually kind of on the edge of survival or not survival. So go in, spend a little bit of money, enjoy yourself, and, yeah, support your local business guys. Your local artists. Right on. And if any of those local business guys would like to sponsor a podcast. <laughs> I love the shameless marketing. No shit. <laughs> no, sir. So basically, spend some money. Uh, just go have a good time and, like, just sort of follow your feelings, more or less. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and don't be afraid to try something new. Like, if you always read Batman, I don't know, try something different. Mm-hmm. Try the flash or try something something even weirder that you never would have thought to try before mm. that's why they're free you can grab something you might not be willing to spend money on and it might be some new adventure it takes you on so why not right yeah that's totally how it shook out for clark um he he grabbed a copy of this book called chakra um and he chose the character because his costume was all blue and blue was his favorite color mm-hmm <laughs> And turns out uh, Chakra is a a new creation by Stan Lee, partnered with this uh, this media company from India, and he's basically Spider Man in Mumbai. Cool. Uh, yeah, with Iron Man's powers, like it's sort of like a super powered suit, but like, you know, it's a little kid powers he doesn't understand, a dual identity, 
and uh, family drama as the spinning plate. Right. Huh. Uh, but it's but, great. Like it's he's super into it. Well, the cool thing there is not only has he got a new book that he thinks is kind of cool, he's also being exposed to a different culture. He might not necessarily, you know. So like it's a double mm-hmm. win. So go to Free Comic Book Day and rock the local comic. Yeah, book we're gonna story. do it. We'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anything else interesting coming up this uh, week? Well, why I don't it think is so? <laughs> Let me think. Right now, it's uh, first week of May. Hmm. May the first, May the second, the second, May the third. third. No, I don't think there's anything. Something on the fifth. May the something on the fifth. Not Some the revenge, fifth. I understand. Mm. Oh, oh, May the fourth. No. <laughs> Oh, oh, is that important for something? <laughs> Why, that happens to be Star, Star Wars Day. Day. Oh, Maybe Star Wars Day. Yeah, because... Oh, blasphemy, 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 blasphemy. <laughs> oh, yes, May the 4th is Star Wars Day. And I got... I don't know. Do any of you dudes have any big Star Wars Day plans? Go to work so I don't get yeah. fired. <laughs> Ditto. Okay, so we got Mark watching Rogue One. For his May the Fourth celebration, and Any... eating a sandwich—it's important mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do not mm-hmm. forget the sandwich. Sandwich. Yep. Cool. He had to run unexpectedly, but we will track him down and get it. Not get his... that unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> Super unexpectedly. Um. Anyway, so we'll track him down and get his Star Wars sandwich recipe. Mm-hmm. We'll add it to James's uh, food uh, food, food uh, list. Yeah, which he still has to start. Come on, yes. and I uh, I just want cooking videos. Pardon? <laughs> How many times do you have to ask him? <sighs> I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep putting the gears to him. I want to see I want to see it happen. I want to see him do <laughs> YouTube videos cooking food. Because he just did, like, a slow cooker thing again today, too. And it's like, dude, this could be on the interweb. Oh, it looked so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like meat and pasta and broth. And I'm like, oh, if he oh, if he made the beef dip, slow cooker beef dip, I'm going to be very jealous. Beef dip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ha, that's a Han Solo sandwich. It's an open-faced beef dip, and the dip is freezing cold. <laughs> Well Beef dips all round. Mm, you're making me hungry. But the Darth Vader sandwich, which is just like dark meat cooked over an open fire. <laughs> oh, <too laughs> Extra <soon>. crispy. <laughs> <laughs> or is that the Qui-Gon? Uh, oh, Qui-Gon's the same recipe, only cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, okay, so what would the Luke Skywalker be? No, White bread. Wonder bread, yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Side of blue milk. Yeah. The Princess Leia is exactly the same thing, only with jalapeno peppers. <laughs> <laughs> she is a spicier Luke. <laughs> the Stormtrooper sandwich, uh, you think it tastes, I uh, think it's going to be good, but it just seems to miss, miss the mark. It's half off the bread, half off the, <laughs> half off the, uh, half off the plate. <laughs> And, you know, I think Stormtroopers get a really, really bad rap. But I, I rewatched episode four not long ago. And, oh, rap! Uh. I see what you did there. <laughs> but, like, you know how they, you know, they blast away from the Death Star, they shoot out all the, uh, all the TIE fighters, and they jump to, um, jump to Yavin 4, right? Yeah, yeah. And the next scene is Vader talking to Tarkin, and Tarkin being like, I'm taking a big risk letting them escape. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, the whole, you know, the hinge into the final act of the movie is they put a tracking device on the Millennium Falcon to find the Rebels' hidden fortress, and everybody knows. Um, yeah. I so, think I think what knows. that means, like, at some point during the Death Star, the fighting on the Death Star, the Order had to come down to the Stormtroopers to make Luke, Han, and company think... That they were legitimately escaping, right? But not ki- not kill any of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, let them go. Right. And like, you gotta be a good shooter to carry that out, don't you? To make it look to good. miss on purpose. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So now how do yeah. you... And when you you also get the the line from uh, Kenobi down on the planet, these blast points are too precise. Yeah. For sand people. Yeah, for... This could yeah. only be done by. Yeah. Imperial stormtroopers. Exactly. Oh, that's a good point. And like. I know it's it's like a it's a running gag to make fun of stormtroopers for never hitting, but really the only time we see them shooting at the heroes is on the Death Star, and then the next time we see it is on Hoth when they tool every rebel that they see. Although on Bespin, there's um there's some missing, there's some some wide shots. Yeah. Same thing though, they were trying to goad Luke into the trap. Uh, uh, maybe uh you know they they do kind of do the same thing to Chewie and Leia, but yeah. Mm -hmm. That's distracting, though. Big Wookiee, golden droid on his back. I'd miss two. <laughs> <laughs> they did shoot C-3PO there, so, okay. They they could hit him close quarters. Didn't they get Leia in the shoulder? Yeah, they did, and Jedi. Okay. Yeah, and Jedi, yeah. yeah. But they, they had a pretty... I don't know. Maybe applying too much thought to this. I just... I don't know. Just a thought I had, I guess. <laughs> No, I've always questioned it too, mostly because of Kenobi's uh, line about uh, the blast points being too precise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Only Imperial stormtroopers could be this good, right? Man, when I was playing Battlefront, like it certainly seemed like the stormtroopers had an advantage in uh, accuracy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on the new um, Battlefront uh, that's going to be coming out? Um, I on the one hand, it seems to have the story that the first Battlefront game was missing. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, like, fool me once, bruh. Like, yeah. Well, that, well, that's what happened with the first one on the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation 2. Like, the first one was okay, but then they kind of stepped it up a little bit with the second one. So, but again, yeah, it's like, meh, well, well, we'll see when we, we'll see when we get to yeah. it, because I want some, I want some space battles, and looks like there could be some, but, uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I I was satisfied with the space battle stuff in uh in the more in the PS4 Battlefront. It was all right. I wanted more just like like out in outer space, I guess. Just like rather than like just like low flying, low altitude over a planet. Just something a little bit bigger in scope, especially where in the second Battlefront you could literally fly a starship into a um into like an enemy capital ship and board it and run around and start shooting, like that was that was fun. That's cool. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. So you don't get that sort of that seamless sort of switch from starship to back to infantry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that. Would be fun. Well, goals dice. Yep. <laughs> Up your game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nice to see that they're going very wide across the the universe uh, so to speak uh, across the canon to include prequel characters uh, sequel characters now um so yeah so it'll be interesting to see what other characters kind of like pop up along the way and um but i'm gonna be so mad if i decide to finally get the game i'm hoping because it's coming out around christmas time i'm gonna drop some hints somebody will get it for a christmas present for me but if i but if <laughs> i see that the the DLC is going to be upwards of like the actual game itself. I'm <laughs> I'm out because like that's well. The I think the only way to do these games is season pass. Yeah. But uh, like even with like Fallout, the season like the season pass at one point was good, but then they were like, oh yeah, so we're totally jacking it right up to like almost more than the game is itself now, and it's like, come on, yeah. like not cool. you know I. I've res I resisted the DLC model, like, so hard for so long, but it seems like you can't, like... I feel like the way we used to think about buying games, like, the modern equivalent is buying the season pass. Because, yeah. I mean, let's... The game isn't done until all that DLC is in. Mm -hmm. So that finished disc or that finished cart that you used to buy, that doesn't exist until all the DLC is out anyway. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. So, like, some games, it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Some games are, like, a total package, and the DLC is just gravy. Yeah, I felt that way about the Assassin's Creed games. I've been able to play most of them and not get, like, the Jack the Ripper DLC package and stuff like that, because I've just felt like it's extra. Mm -hmm. 
And by the time I get through the main story and the main game, I, I feel like I'm ready to move on, yeah. and I don't need to to get yeah. more. Had your fill, yeah. But I feel like with the, I don't know, man. Battlefront. It's so hard to take a reading on Battlefront Two from Battlefront One. But I feel like without the season pass, like not only are you at like a marked disadvantage against the players who have the season pass. Right. You know, because they, they start the game with more gear, and they have access to more gear and more characters than you do. Um, but you're also, like, you're almost, like, barred from modes of play. Yeah. To the point that by the time they're open to everybody, like, players with the Season Pass will have so much more knowledge of the maps and the weapons and the quirks of the new modes that, like, you're just... You're done. Like, there's no no chance. Like, they've they've scoped out all the best gear, all the best spots. They know their way around. Yeah, forget it. Yeah, and I mean, and in fairness, like the most most of the modes I find will beat that knowledge into you after a couple of playthroughs. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. Your hero characters might as well be Owen and Baru for all of the like <laughs> rank you'll be pulling. Oh, nice. Uh... So. I don't know, I was thinking about it, like... Time was, I would have spent some time on Battlefront as part of May the 4th. I don't know if I'm gonna do any, like, Star Wars games this year. Yeah. As part of, like, the day, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh... I might try and, um... Track down some... Like, some more kid-friendly, uh... Star Wars books for, uh, Mercury. We got, uh, we got one of the, um... Disney uh, uh, little golden book ones where uh, it's not the story of Star Wars, but it's called I Am a Pilot or I'm a Starship Pilot, and it basically like goes through some of the characters and how they like they fly little ships and big ships and things like that. And he seems to get a kick out of it. But uh, for a little while now, he's been starting to get a little nervous about Darth Vader, and he, I think he's starting to realize that he's actually like a bad guy. Like he never really noticed before, but now he kind of like gives him like the creeps a little bit so he's like no i don't want to see darth vader and it's like all right buddy no worries so i'm gonna try and find maybe some more of those like books just just to kind of bring him up to speed so that when it does when it does happen that we sit down and watch it that you know he'll be he'll be ready vet them closely like i remember um clark borrowed one from the library and it presented as like one of those like non-fiction-y kind of kind of books like not you know not telling the story just explaining like this is the universe Mm -hmm. or whatever and it was a lego one it was a lego star wars book now that i think of it and it totally spoiled the ending of empire oh man like there should be a sticker on the cover like (laughs) attention parents this book will rob your child of one of the greatest movie watching experiences they can ever have (laughs) yeah that's so buy it yeah, I don't think he's, well, he maybe has maybe he's going to start to make that. Maybe he'll make that connection. I don't know because for the longest time we were reading uh, Darth Vader and Son, and that was a like that's another fun kind of like kid one. It's just like the one-off uh, uh, cartoons of uh, like what if Darth Vader was raising a three to four year old Luke Skywalker kind of thing. But um, yeah, we haven't read it in a while, so maybe his memory of that will fade and it'll still pay off. But yeah, that's a huge. That's like a huge like. Please, please be oh, aware. So of mad this <laughs> before opening this book, dear little uh. Star Wars, you suck. <laughs> Unless you want yes. to sponsor a podcast, in which case you're great. No, you know that would that would be really awesome if they did like a Lego Star Wars movie in the vein of Lego Batman. Yeah, you think so? I that would be tremendous. Like the I was leery of the Lego Batman movie at first, but. By and large, it kind of... It's a parody, but it gets the heart mm-hmm. of the character. You know, and to give Star Wars the same treatment, I think that'd be fair. Like, that'd be fair game, I think. Would you have to introduce a Star Wars character, a Luke or somebody, in in a like big Lego movie, like the Lego Batman did, and sort of introduce the character someplace else and then give it its own movie? Hmm. Nah, I think you do a little Kylo Ren. Or how about this? <laughs> And the whole, or how about this? Like, um, 
Let me float this out there. You take a character that's not even a Star Wars character, just make like a new character and sort of like do a Life of Brian kind of style that follows along with the Star Wars events, but is just like loosely connected <laughs> and kind of like contributing in some like roundabout way kind of thing. When gone I am, last of the Jedi you will be. I'm not a Jedi! <laughs> The Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of the Star Wars be... universe. Oh, dude, it's Nine Young oh. entirely. <laughs> and then it just totally wraps up at uh, yeah, Return of the Jedi, and it's like I'm finally doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like him and uh, like one of the bounty hunters, like not Boba Fett, one of the lame ones, uh, like Dengar or somebody, or let's see, four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Dengar and Nine Yum being like, I flipped this credit ninety nine times. <laughs> oh, that would be oh, that would be mint. Oh, Directed man. by Aaron Sorkin, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, script by yes. Tom Stoppard. Yes. I just went That's and watched fun. that National Theater Live. It was amazing. How was? Yeah, was it really good? Rosencrantz and Gilmore Turner dead. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. It was uh, Daniel Radcliffe as Rosencrantz, which actually I was surprised. I thought for sure it would be uh, that he would play Guildenstern, but hmm. um, he played Rosencrantz, and it was hilarious and it was fabulous. It was the the uh, play was so well done, and the 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 direction of the camera work and stuff was was oh, excellent. Yeah. I wish they would bring the. I wish they would do those. Um, show those performances like over a longer span of time. Yeah, like I would have totally loved to see it, that, but the, yeah, like there was the one, like there was the actual live and I think they did one recording. I think eventually they start coming out on, on Blu-ray or, uh, available for download eventually. Right. I'm sure. If you, if you Google national theater live, you can find old recordings uh. of, the older, of, I went and saw a version of Macbeth a couple of years ago. It was quite good. Take this wallet. <laughs> man, oh man. So, no big plans for the fourth for either of you. You know, I do have a tradition for my classroom that I observe. I always replace my meter stick with a lightsaber for the day. Oh, nice. Excellent. I Not wear... great for measurement, but really good for pointing at things on the board. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I wear an appropriate t-shirt. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. I can't even do that anymore because I'm in an office uh, setting. People just think I'm weird. Mm, is that a bad thing, though? Really? Yeah, no. <laughs> they already. As long as you're not making about. presentations that day, you should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk up in front of like the whole staff of a school and be like, "The target is one meter wide at the end of the, <laughs> the end of the trench." You know, like womp rats in your T16 back home. <laughs> I guarantee you, man, in a room full of teachers, someone would pick it up. Oh, absolutely they would. Absolutely they would. There's enough of us crazies in, 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 in any teaching staff. So what we're saying is you should do it, Aaron. Yep. <laughs> With a lightsaber as your pointer. <laughs> uh, maybe I will. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we got close to an hour. Yep. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, thanks for having me host again. It's really been great to do it, and I don't know. I hope to be back a little bit more often in the summer. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll. We're looking forward to having you back, uh, dude. Yeah, like yeah, this was excellent. great. Thanks for coming back. You anyway. have been. You have been missed. Absolutely. Aww. Yes. Guys. <laughs> Emotions. <laughs> As both a, uh, a part-time host and listener, you have been missed. Well. <laughs> Someone that isn't Spears singing, sort of. Um, anyway, so by the time y'all hear this, it should practically be May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you. And a great big Majram. From me, who is Spears? From me, who is Marty? And me, who is Aaron. And please come to check us out at www.
geekswithkids.ca and the Facebooks, uh, Geeks with Kids uh, podcast, Twitter at Geeks with Kids CN. Uh, we're also on the iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher. You can find us uh, by just even going to the Googles and going Geeks with Kids and come to check us Subscribe. out. Subscribe! And stars. Many, many stars. Stars. The stars. Even like a one-sentence review really makes a really big difference. So if you got the time, we, we could use them. Yeah, why not? Tell us how we're doing. Cool. And a special thanks to Mark for joining us on this episode. Yes. Uh, next time with less technical hootenanny. Mm-hmm. And maybe more baby next time. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> on that note, uh, Majram, everybody. Good night. That was the outro music. Nice. Either that or we're going to go to the Scooby-Doo ending, one or the other. Stop recording. <laughs>